Well, hello, and welcome to the Fisher Poetry Podcast, a showcase of prose, poetry, and song written and performed by those in the commercial fishing community, mostly. I'm your host, Brad. Thanks for joining us today. Today's episode is from the 2023 Fisher Poetry Gathering in Astoria, Oregon. You'll be hearing from MC Maggie Birch as she introduces Fisher Poets John Palms from Elfin Island, Alaska, Megan Gervais from Homer, Alaska, and Amy Sharp from Westport, Washington. These performances were recorded at the Liberty Theater on Friday, February 24th, 2023. So, without further ado, here they are. Um, first... <laughs> First up, I'm uh, honored to welcome John Palms. He's, been, he's a hand troller uh, around Elfin Bay, and he's lived in Juneau for 55 years. She meant to say Elfin Cove, but you know, what, the thing that's cool about this, first I have to thank everybody for putting this on for me. There's no other place, you know, where you can really do these songs and people understand or know what you're talking about. And I even know the names. I've seen these boats that are being talked about. And, uh, and I know the places that these people are talking about fishing. And it's just, it's great to be with all of you because of who you are and, and what we, sh you know, the common way we have been able to look at the world. Anyway, speaking of looking at the world, we had an Anglican minister come and give us a workshop on uh, the influence of fishing on the New Testament. And you see, like in the Old Testament, it was all agricultural stuff. There were the, the fatted calf and, uh, you know, famines that made the wheat shrivel up and stuff like that. And, and then <laughs> Jesus comes along and all of a sudden it's, I will make you fishers of men. So there's a whole new uh, way of looking at things and fishing was just such a great um, analogy or fishing, what I like to say is fishing is almost like real life, you know, when it comes right down to it. Anyway. It was no accident that Jesus was a fisherman, the first of his disciples too. No accident at all. Out on the ocean, all men are brothers. Jesus was a fisherman, no accident at all. When it was time to feed the multitudes that listened to him speak, Jesus knew just what to do. It was no accident at all. Yes, he knew just what to do. When there were thousands to be fed, he multiplied the humpies and the pilot bread. Now when some folks talk of heaven, they point up to the sky, but the ocean is the closest thing you'll see until you die. No beginning and no end, she always will provide unforgiving of greed and pride. It was no accident. That Jesus was a fisherman, the first of his disciples too. No accident at all. Out on the ocean, all men are brothers. Jesus was a fisherman, no accident at all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, you know, that's, that was the first song I wrote specifically for Fisher Poets. Usually, I'm a hand troller, which means that I'm really not catching very much. I don't want to catch anything but cohos. I don't want to catch humpies because I have to haul them all in by hand and they're only worth 20 cents a pound and the cohos are worth a dollar. So um, anyway, I don't want to do that, but I'm fishing twice as fast as everybody else because they're fishing for dog salmon. They have other guys fishing with them and they don't care that they only are worth 28 cents a pound because they're catching, you know, a few thousand pounds of them. And uh, anyway, so I was always the guy, particularly when I first came in on the thing, who didn't know what they were doing on the drag. When you uh, fish with a bunch of boats, there's only one hot spot, and you all have to kind of fish up to the point against the current till you get to where the fish are, and then you get your chance at them, and you go back out around the circle and come back in and get to do it again. But I was fishing because I was using spoons, and they were all using flashers and hoochies. I was fishing, you know, twice as fast as they were. And so they would get really ticked off at me because they didn't know when I was trying to cut them off or do any of that stuff. And, uh, and I don't blame them, because the time you're spending watching somebody else's time, you're not spending taking care of your own fish. So anyway, there are times when you just have to get out away from everybody, out where the depth sounder can't see the bottom anymore. That's La La Land, where it's so deep, it's like 1,200 feet deep. You know, First there's the drag, and it's maybe 100, 200 feet deep, and then the thing breaks off and now you're in a thousand feet. Anyway, so that's fishing in La La Land. And if you uh, are getting too close to somebody, these big boats, the, the big trollers with the six lines and the power, they are fishing, they have like 671 engines in them that are running really slowly and cold. So they smoke because there's a lot of oil getting past the the rings in the in the pistons in the en engine. So the, those are smoker boats. And, and every once in a while, we would, a lot of us carry bottle rockets. So if somebody got too close to you, you could shoot a bottle rocket at them because it would be like saying, you know, like the bumper sticker that says, if you can read this, you're too damn close. Anyway, so that's the explanation for the song. Let's see how the song goes. Fishing was hot, it was the early morning bite. You ran up on a pinnacle, hung all four lines. Lost his leads and half of his spreads, now he fishes in La La Land. La 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 Land. It's so deep there you can't stand. It's way over your head. You don't need a plan in La La Land. La La Land is a place you can't stand. It's way over your head. But when you're dragging weight, anticipating La La Land means safety instead. Even if you run away to outer space, there is no place that is perfectly safe. Your hoochies wear out and your taglines chafe. There are sharks in La La Land. La 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 Land. It's so deep there you can't stand. It's way over your head. You don't need a plan in La La Land. Now let's just say you're out where everything's cool, where the ocean is as flat as a swimming pool. You might be a wise man, you might be a fool, but for now, you're in La La Land. Out on the horizon you see a speck Pretty soon there's a smoker boat Breathing down your neck You'd think in this big ocean Wouldn't have to protect against collisions In La La 
land and out so you swerve to the left you avoid to the right why is this guy making you so uptight then a bottle rocket flies through your window and the radio says good morning from la la land la 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 land it's so deep there you can't stand it's way over your head you don't need a plan in la la land so far over your head you don't need a plan in la la land thank you Thanks for all the screaming, too. That's very nice. <laughs> I don't usually have people screaming for me, but you know. Oh, thank you. Okay, so um, so getting on with the story. Uh, you know, I can remember these songs were written on fish tickets, that last one, because, uh, you know, a lot of times the engine is just moaning along. I'm, I'm trolling, so the engine's constantly going. And these songs were all written in the key of V8 Ford to begin with, because that's what, <laughs> that's what the engine was. But I'm, I'm thinking all these fish things, and I'm, I'm singing along with the engine, is what I'm doing. And then I get to write them down on the, on the pink fish tickets. They give you a yellow and a pink copy, but the pink ones are, are the ones I usually write on. Anyway, so this song, I can remember, too, where they came from. We were going past Lincoln Rock on the way north um, from Ketchikan. And uh, I think, therefore I am, you've probably heard that, is that Descartes? I think it is. Anyway, so the deal is, Descartes said, you know, I think and therefore I am, but how can I be sure you are? How can I be sure that you aren't some part of my imagination? You know, this, this isn't really the Liberty Theater. I'm in some bed somewhere in a hospital or something, and this is just, I'm making this all up. <clears throat> well, it's a problem we all have because, uh, particularly when you're out there on the ocean trolling or whatever, the whales come up and jump around the the porpoises are swimming with you, but they're all in your gear and they're not touching a hook. And you, want, you want to say, wow, look at that, but then there's nobody there to wow, look at that with. So, so it's like, and, and that's the way it is with a lot of things, really. We, we see them, but not everybody sees the thing. Look at that, well, by the time the person looks at that, it's gone. So it's a problem we all have just, you know, the fact that we're all trapped in our own heads. Or maybe that's a good thing, who knows. Far away, far away, far away across the beautiful ocean, am I bound to sail all alone? Far away, Across the beautiful sea Like a moth to a flame Like a moth to a flame I was drawn to your love In the night Like a dream Am I bound to sail all alone Far away across the beautiful sea Like a bird in a storm I was tired and searching for shelter I found more in your arms and now you're gone Far 
far away across the beautiful ocean am i bound to sail all alone far away across the beautiful sea far away across the beautiful sea I said, <laughs> I should thank you, I tell you that you can find most of these songs on uh, johnpalms.nervous. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's really johnpalms.com and you've got to spell it right, you know. Google me, but you've got to spell it right or you don't get nothing. It's P-A-L-M-E-S, as in palm S or something. I gotta take that off. This this next song requires who knows what it's gonna take to get this out of me. Okay, so one of the things that's interesting about fishing and uh, is retro payments. You see, at the beginning of the season, nobody knows what the fish are gonna sell for. They gotta give you some money for them um, because you gotta keep going, but they can't use too much of their operating capital, the fish buyer people. And so they'll give you 60 cents a pound for your cohos first in, in July. And then a couple of weeks later, when the market picks up, they'll give you a dollar. And then they'll give you a retro check for that extra 40 cents on, on those fish you sold a month ago. And um, that's kind of cool. It's kind of like love in a way. It's, you don't deserve it, but you know, it's kind of something that you got and then those payments, who knows when they're gonna show up. It's like, <laughs> a lot of times you get them in the next year. So, so say you get a retro payment in January. Well, what do you tell the IRS? You know, is that money you made last year or this year? Well, in my case, it was so little money that I didn't ever bother reporting it and it didn't make any difference anyway. <laughs> but there are people, you know, anyway, so. This is called Retro Love. Our season of romance is all over now. There's a closure at Love's buying scow. The thrill has gone upstream. Push has come to shove. Now what I need is some of your retro love, your retro love. I've fished Love's laundry, hand-cranked 20 spreads from dawn until dusk with 30-pound leads. I brought you everything, cleaned in a tub. Now what I need is some of your retro love, retro love, L-U-V. Now, retro love is in the Bible, and it's a true fact that if you fish for the Lord, then the Lord pays you back. When God gave Noah the rainbow sign and sent down his dove, it was an outward manifestation of retro love. You got it, retro love. That's what it was, you know. Now, when, as I told you, retro is coming, you just have to guess. And how much do I report to love's IRS? <laughs> In with the ebb, out with the flood, the circadian rhythm of retro love, retro love. Now, how, no matter how clever or handsome you are, if you fish around Gaff Rock, you will find that four. Tie up another 20 spreads, give the wheel of fate a shove, put down your hoochies for Retro love. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It was a lot of fun.
Wow, John, thank you so much for all of that. I'm just waiting for my retro love this year. <laughs> Next up, I have the honor of introducing a good friend of mine, Megan Gervais, and our fishing stories are braided together here and there. So she is also a Bristol Bay fisherman and um, runs her boat there. And here she is. Well, it's, uh, it's really special to be here and especially to have Maggie as an MC. She's really super special. And um, it's my first Fisher Poet. Um, kind of a tough act to follow with that guy. He's all fun and uh, this one's a little bit serious. Um, I got a little fun coming down the line. Um, I'm just gonna rearrange here. This one's called It'll Fish. Backlash on opening set. The sickening ripping of web made a whale size hole in the net. We can fix it. Stretch it over the back deck. Corks hooked over the port cleat. Lead line looped over the fair lead. Trim the flap. Koozie it up. Won't be perfect. Just good enough. It'll fish. Often the fix is easy. Just a loose electrical connection or fuel. Change the raycore and the engine roars back to life. For the, light, for the leaky hydraulic hose, we have a spare. Look under the port side bunk. For the toughest bolt to break free, try two drops of penetrating oil and a cheater bar on the biggest wrench, mallet coercion, and put the heat to it. Work smarter, not harder. Add a few choice words and the blood from your knuckles. For non-moving parts, don't underestimate the value of marine adhesive, well chosen and carefully applied to make it as good as new. No. It's better than new. It's custom. And it'll fish. It is perhaps 10 times more work to fix anything on anchor than in the yard, and 50 times harder to fix it when it's blowing west 25 and the bilge ate your 3 eighths wrench, and you're days away from parts, and you haven't slept more than two in 24 for who knows how long. But some repairs cannot be anticipated. The components concealed within their dark steel housings, and even with, if we ply them with the proper lubricant at regular intervals, they occasionally give up at inconvenient moments. Like the shorn spline shaft on the hydraulic pump that quit mid-set during the peak of the run while we were drifting toward the breakers with a heavy net. That was an expensive one, not just in parts, but missed fishing. Some fixes require eight hours on the phone standing in the rigging troubleshooting and ordering parts in sideways rain, and the cell signal keeps dropping. Sorry, sad deckhands scan the tender lines to see what we aren't delivering. The next plane is when? Some things are beyond repair. Electronics eaten by salt water. That black pipe fitting on the bronze washdown pump, it just crumbled in my hand. That did teach a lesson about galvanic corrosion and dissimilar metals, combinations destined for dysfunction. Won't repeat that mistake. I am held together by splash zone, zip ties, black tape, hose clamps, the spare scrap of busted buoy, and hanging twine 
hitched back upon itself over and over for strength. And a bit of 4200 for good measure. Not the prettiest fix, but functional. Every repair tells the story of itself. A knot correctly tied can fix many things and can for a time even hold together the broken parts of broken hearts. The better fix takes a little more doing. Untie the lines and point the boat to sea. Apply wind, sky, salt, and northern latitudes. Withhold sleep and top off the hydraulic oil and diesel tanks. Then bring on the salmon. Won't ever be like new, but it'll fish. So one of the biggest pleasures of my life is getting to um, have my kids on my boat and um, fish on board with my kids. And I'm, I feel lucky enough that my son drove down from Bellingham where he lives and met me here. He's right over there. <laughs> so talking, like speaking of fixing things, like the person who actually fixes the most things on the boat is Gus. Um, so really glad you're here. Um, anyway, this next one, um, this, this summer I uh, had a little like brush with mortality, um, being there as a friend's boat sank. Everybody got off okay, but um, just this one, yeah, having the mortality and then also like having my, having my kid here in the audience, um, it's really special. Okay, says time only moves in one direction. Time only moves in one direction. Unlike the tide, the reliable ocean inhalation flooding upstream until high water slack. A peaceful pause before the unstoppable ebbing exhalation, then low water where only chocolate ribbons of river flow between sandbars. But time only moves in one direction. Unlike our net, spooling out while the drum hums and the main thrums, corks squeak over the stern roller until at last the net is in the water, towline under tension, net hooked and salmon splashing. Then we haul the gear, pick it up and set it out over and over again like breathing, a cycle as certain as the tide, as certain as the next breath. But time only moves in one direction. Unlike the salmon who ride the currents as smolts out migrating through eddies and estuaries, fresh water to salt, to eat or be eaten and grow until the moment they turn back toward their natal streams to navigate home by taste and feel, by instinct and reaction, by an invisible compass, pushing past nets and hooks and beaks and teeth and claws, now from salt water to fresh, back home to spawning streams, a repeating cycle of departure and return, an ebb and flood of their living flesh. But the ship of time moves only in one direction. One moment, a small child sleeps in a Rubbermaid tote under the galley table, dreams shaped by the motion of the ocean. And the next moment, they are working shoulder to shoulder with us on deck. And I look down to see that my hands are no longer my own. They are now my mother's hands.
This is not the ebbing tide that will someday turn, nor a net we will haul back in. No, this is the ship of time we ride in one unwavering direction toward the horizon through each luminous and fleeting moment, leaving only memories in our wake. And um, I'm, I'm fairly new to uke playing. I started um, three or four years ago bringing a little ukulele on my boat, and that's mostly where I like to play. It's a good boat-sized instrument for a drift boat, and um, the one I keep on my boat has um, Velcro, and I have a little spot where I stick it right above my boat, on my bunk, and um, you know when it's really rough when the ukulele falls down. Um, anyway, I started out just playing this one song over and over again. Um, it was called uh, Alabama Chicken, and Gus had to listen to it a lot, and then I, I learned, I, that was just two chords, and then I you know, progressed to playing three chords, and now I can play four chords. Um, but this is the first song I ever wrote. Um, and it has four chords, um, but let me find it. Um, I think, is that okay? Okay. So I'm just gonna give a little bit more preamble to this because um, it needs it, I guess, and I'm nervous to sing. But a lot of people, Ask you know, ask you what you do for a living. I'm like, I'm a fisherman, and everybody says, "Oh, that sounds really fun," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's really fun, except when it's not." Um, so this song is kind of about the times when it's when it's not fun, um, and then we just keep fishing anyway. just caught fire and I'm starting to have some doubts. Vicky's all are dull. The crew just says they're tired. But oh well, let's set the net. There are fish out there that we haven't caught yet. The tide is right. Let's fish tonight. Made a set on the sandbar seemed like a good thing to do, but the seals came and cleaned it out because they have to eat too. When I set one on the line, fish were coming in from the west, but a jeppo came and corked me off because that's what they do best. But oh well, let's set the net. Out there that we haven't caught yet. The tide is right. We'll fish tonight. We'll load the boat with no one else in sight. Been fishing for a month now to pay someone else's debts only. He don't know he's my ex-husband yet. Henry posted a price, not even a buck, you could say. What the? Can't say that on public radio, but I can say, what the hell? Let's set the net. There are fish out there that we haven't caught yet. The tide is right. Let's fish tonight. on running and I don't know why burn 
ground up three condenser impellers. I just want to hide in the bilge and cry. Think the crew has scurvy. They look at me with mutinous eyes. Wow, Megan, thanks. Thanks for all of those. <laughs> um, the next fisher person I'm calling up tonight is Amy Sharp. She's a commercial fisherman and she fishes for salmon and albacore tuna in Washington and Oregon coast. Welcome to the stage. The ocean is my church, the divine body of my Christ. Tithing my whole life, I gladly make the sacrifice. Tossed about in holy water, I am baptized in the salt. To watch the sun boil down into the ocean is to understand gestalt. Sunrise and sunsets, or when I sing my praise, I will always worship my God for all my salty days. My name is Amy Sharp. <laughs> this is my first time, so bear with me. I am so honored to be here with all of you tonight. I fish on uh, the Spring Persuader. We actually homeport here in Astoria. I actually, though, live in Westport, Washington, so. Now, I go by the name on social media of Sisu Sea Sister, and I love to talk about the old gods, but specifically, I like to talk about Goddess Ran, who is the goddess of sea storms and drowned sailors. The ocean is my mother. I was born from the depths of her womb. The sea monsters are my siblings, the most fantastic creatures of doom. Agar is my husband. For him, my love, not even Hymir's pot can contain. My body is vast and beautiful, cloaked with floating persane. I nurture the waves so dearly, each one a part of my soul. The ships that sail upon them harbor fishermen foretold. For the storms on Rand's road have made a million die. Tangled in my pursanes, I have heard their families cry. I will claim my bounty and drag them out to sea. I will claim the best fisherman and forever he will be with me. My beauty is alluring and many cannot say no. I am forever vigilant, watching where their boats go. So whisper spree prayers to me as often as you can, for I am forever listening, for I am the goddess Ran. I spend a lot more time out at sea than I do sitting on land waiting for my man, but I wanted to go ahead and write a poem for all those that sit on land waiting for their crab fishermen to come home in the wintertime, specifically for the housewives. Oh, Agar, Father Agar, hear my plea. My fisherman is gone now for five long days at sea. 
I gaze upon my glass buoy and I burn the sacred smoke. I cannot see his boat in my weathered float. The smoke drifts to the east, an unsettling wind blows. I cast my runes to the west, I ask to know where his boat goes. Running gear under a waxing crescent moon. Two more nights at sea, according to the man rune. Agar, agar, please reason with Ran. I keep my candles lit for both her and my fisherman. Pungent incense fills the air. Patiently, I tie my satyr sains with care. On the full moon, I will bring my offer and give thanks. In the meantime, please return my salty dog with dungy-filled tank. Weary body, broken bones, agar, agar, please let me welcome my salty dog home. I pray you listen to what I've said. Father, please, so my fishermen can rest in my sacred bed. So I have to admit, the thing that brings me the most joy when I'm out at sea is the birds. Uh, the little seabirds, all the birds, I love the birds. The albatross though. Yes, the birds, girl, the birds, ah. Oh. And the albatross, oh, when they're out there in the mornings, I'm, good morning, albatross, you are so beautiful. And the albatross answers back to me by circling the boat before going off to look for their first meal of the day. And I love the albatross so much. So this next one is for the albatross. The albatross. The albatross in flight slowly dips his wing. Above the waves he loves so dearly, they have always made his heart sing. Oh, what a journey to be found so far offshore. Truly a thing of legend, another fisherman's folklore. For he was just a young lad when he first stepped foot on ship. Thirty years he sailed the seas to the ocean he did worship. Until one fateful day when goddess ran with all her wrath, conjured up a sea storm amidst his vessel's path. With terror you can't imagine his vessel split in two. Caught in Rand's purse she drug him deep beneath the blue. She claimed the best fisherman to see if his love was true. With dying breath upon her seabed, he whispered, I love you. She took him within her body, consumed all but his soul. Impregnated by his love, she gave birth to him whole. The young fledgling flapped with all of his might until he burst through the waves, an albatross in flight. For every mariner drowned, sailing the seas for gold, there is a regal albatross, just thankful to grow old. I think, I think that we've all experienced loss, and this is how I cope with it is the albatross. So I'd like to give a moment for us to all remember our family, our loved ones, our friends, our associates that were lost at sea. And I'd also like to spend a special moment. This last spring, our first, uh, our first trip out, we helped the Coast Guard look all night for a couple of lost souls that were never found. I'd like to remember Billy Hooten. It was her first time deckhanding out on the ocean. And our most recent tragedy, Bryson Fitch, who was on the Ethel May. <sighs> All right. 
So I tell you what, I love tuna fishing, I really do. When you get tuna on the lines, all lines are pinged out and you have that adrenaline dump, it is like unlike anything else in the world and you are just pulling fish as fast as possible, throwing them on deck, there's the pat, pat, pat as they're tap dancing on your deck. But if you cannot find the tuna, that ocean gets really big really quick. And oh boy. So this next one is for when things get a little quiet. Where upon the salt does meet the air to which the earth doth keep. As afar as any eye can see, both continue on, sky and sea. And when a bird doth come in sight, our spirits connected by the same old plight. No hide, nor hair, no sight, nor show, no indication of where the fishies did go. For we both search the watery desert land and both turn up with barren hand. The captain cries and shakes a fist. An empty fish hold warrants him pissed. The hunger struck bird doth circle our gear. With winged concern doth greet his fear. An indelectable jig as it would appear. Our disappointed gazes meet as he circles near. Our figures sulken with defeat. No fish to find for us to eat. I tell you what, it gets pretty something something or other out there when you're not catching tuna. And you watch those dollars just blowing right out the stack. So I am passionate about fishing. It's what I wanted to do ever since I was a teeny tiny child. I remember being out on the boat with my father and watching the trollers driving by and me raising the bird because I was mad that they were catching all the fish and I just wanted to be out there catching all the fish. And now I'm the 36 year old woman out there catching all the fish receiving the bird. It's okay, it's good. I am so thankful to be where I'm at. But I honestly, I really truly do, I sacrifice to be out there. Now I'm a mother, uh, my children are now 12 and eight years old. Um, and they were younger when I started commercial fishing. Uh, although I do have to say I charter fished before I started commercial fishing and so I was pregnant out there deckhanding way back when. And so this next one is for my children. It's called Loved Ones. I miss you in the mornings. I miss you throughout the day. I miss you every night as I bow my head and pray. I pray for your safekeeping. I pray that from my core. I pray that I will return to you that I will return to shore. I miss you in my arms as I lay my head to sleep. Your body next to mine, slumbering oh so sweet. I'll think of you in the morning. I'll think of you all day. I'll think of our grand future and how I'll make up for this time away. like to give a special shout out of thanks to a couple of people. Uh, Ecola Seafoods out of Cannon Beach, they actually were gracious enough to donate a gift card for lunch that can be uh, bid on at the silent auction. And also I would like to give a special thanks to 
Finware here in Astoria who donated to my basket as well. They, they donated an awesome Sisu coffee cup. And as Sisu Sea Sister, I'm like, how cool is that? I have a Sisu basket. So if you guys have not gone down and bid at the silent auction, I highly recommend you do. So thank you. Thank you, Amy. That was amazing. Your, your passion shines through and it, it raises passion in me for these things we do. Um, that concludes our eight o'clock hour. And um, I just wanted to say um, what John said about thank you for creating this for me. That's exactly how I feel about Fisher Poets. And so I just wanted to say, Thank you to the organizers who've been doing this year after year. Thank you to the volunteers, um, to Kelly and Liv doing sound tonight, to venues in the whole town coming together. That was Fisher Poets John Palms, Megan Jervis, and Amy Sharp, recorded at the Liberty Theater in Astoria, Oregon, on Friday, February 24th, 2023. Well, that's it. This one's in the tote. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is written and produced by Brad Wartman. The theme music for this episode is courtesy of Mark Allen Lovewell and Molly Canole. If you'd like to appear on or have comments about the show, please send an email to thefisherpoetryarchive at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to haul the latest episodes into your net. The Fisher Poetry Podcast is available via our podcast host, Spotify, as well as Apple, Google, and Amazon. You can listen to our other podcast episodes, watch our YouTube videos, and join our community by going to thefisherpoetryarchive.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Come all young sailormen, listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish in the sea. Blow ye winds westerly, westerly blow. We're bound to the southern, so steady she goes. 